Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 welcome back to the channel. Today I'm going to be doing a mock draft for a dynasty. It's going to be our first dynasty mock draft, at least on this specific channel. I've done some myself. I'm sure much of the following has done some. I've even done some on some other channels and in some other communities. But first one on this channel right now, I'm going to be doing a dynasty mock draft via sleeper. But before we get into any of that, as of right now, today, June 15th, the Supreme Draft Guide is out. The Supreme Draft Guide's out. And yes, I've spent the last two to three months prepping a bunch of profiles, my rankings, getting the site up and running itself, making it look pretty for everybody out there. And you can get it for just $10. I know I sound like a salesperson, but just $10 because of Monkey Knife Fight, the logo up above is going to be sponsoring that draft guide for this year. So all the information for that is going to be down below in the description to see if you're eligible for the offer, but everybody's eligible to have the Supreme Draft Guide. So be sure to check it out down below. If you're not yet in a position to go ahead and purchase that draft guide, the top 25 running back rankings for the 2020 fantasy football season are also down below. I'm very excited that it's finally out. I've been spending months on this thing and I'm excited to see what you all think of it. So be sure to check out the Supreme Draft Guide, June 15th release date. There's a banner on the screen. It's down below all of that stuff right now. And if you're brand new here, welcome to the channel. My name is Sal Vetri. I cover fantasy sports in a variety of different sports, but we're really buckling down every single day while covering some of the other sports that are going on and coming back, but mainly buckling down on fantasy football. You can use the 2020 fantasy football playlist as sort of another free type of a draft guide. There's a lot of information in there. There's probably already 50 videos. And by the time the season starts, there's probably going to be upwards of 120 to 150 videos in there that will help you get ready for this. You don't have to watch them all. You can pick out the ones that seem the most appealing to you, whatever it might be, but be sure to check those out. And also, also the biggest way to support this channel free of charge is by hitting the like button on this specific video and then smashing the big old subscribe button that just popped up on the screen because that really does help. And that's the biggest way to help because when YouTube sees you subscribing within the video, they say, hey, these people like it. It's engaging content. It must be good. Let's show it to some other people. So hopefully you do enjoy it. If for some reason you're not already subscribed to this channel and you have seen a video of mine, take a few, few seconds of your time. Please do that. Hit the like button and notification bell. I really do appreciate that. We're going to be doing a 12-team startup dynasty draft. It's going to be PPR format. I believe there's six bench spots in this one. No super flex. It's just standard quarterback, one quarterback league. I'm going to be drafting. I just picked the fifth spot. I've done some recent drafts all the way up front, all the way in the back. I feel like I always end up drafting like 1.7 to 1.9, even in real drafts that I'm actually doing right now. So I ended up picking the fifth spot. We'll see where I end up right there. Again, this is dynasty format. If you're not familiar with dynasty, pretty much what it means is that you get to keep your entire team year to year. This is called the startup draft, which is very similar to just any redraft format, but you have to try and draft with the idea that running backs are on expiring contracts. Players are getting older. Julio Jones at 32 years old is not as valuable as he is in a redraft format. So Julio going in maybe the first round and redraft in Dynasty, he's going to slide a couple of rounds, things like that. You have to keep in mind injuries. You have to keep in mind just the age of the player and the upside. Rookies are going to be so much more valuable or high upside rookies than guys like Julio Jones. Second year players who just had a breakout or third year players like a DJ Moore who's coming into his prime, a Kenny Galladay. These types of receivers are seen as the premier receivers uh, in their class. Michael Thomas is still going to be great because he's young. Devontae Adams is a little bit older, so he's not going to be as valued as he will in a redraft. Those are the things you have to keep in mind. Contracts, really the big one is age and upside at talent, your backfield situation, all those types of things. For this one, we're not going to do super flex, which means you get to start a quarterback in your flex. So it, it makes it a little bit more simple. We'll do a super flex in the future, but be sure to hit that like button, all those things. I'm about to start this mock draft up. It's just myself drafting against some of the expert consensus rankings in here. So I'm up on the clock. My first pick, it is fifth overall. And the players that go off the board are McCaffrey, Saquon, Michael Thomas, and Ezekiel Elliott. Those things make sense to me. Zeke, Saquon, and McCaffrey, based on their age, based on their pedigree in their offense, they stand out as players that 
yeah, you probably should end up taking that early, especially like Saquon for me in Dynasty. I think I even put him above Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey just signing that deal, though, does ensure just his stability with that team for the next four years, a four-year $64 million extension, whereas Saquon has not yet signed his deal, but he still does have three years left on his rookie contract, as long as the fifth year's option, which we assume it's going to be. Ezekiel Elliott signing that massive deal also gives you good feelings about him. So the way that we're looking at it right now, for me, the best available is on the clock. I want to go running back. I think you should be getting your young and in your in-stone running backs early and the running backs for me that stand out are going to be Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Joe Mixon. If I was actually in a dynasty league with other players right now, I'm not in the league with other players. It's all auto picks. I would be trying to trade back out of this pick. What does that mean? I would be trying to trade back to like pick 1.8 or 1.9 because I want to take Joe Mixon and I can probably still take him there. And if not, well, then I'll just end up taking Kamara or Dalvin Cook. And it's unlikely that all three of those guys go in the next four picks. And I would trade back to 1.9 and then maybe I would end up trading and getting somebody else's better second pick. Or realistically, I would just trade out of the first round. I wouldn't even take a first round pick, I would trade out of the first round, I would load up on a second round pick and an extra third round pick or something along those lines. And then I can start taking two to three upside running backs in those other rounds. So I don't like this spot at all. And that's just some strategy to think about in dynasty trading out of the first round is an elite move. So ideally here, I would trade out of the first round, I would get two second round picks, I would have two third round picks, something along those lines, maybe two fourth round picks, depending on what how much you were able to get in the trade. And then now maybe I'm in a position to draft like a Josh Jacobs and a Miles Sanders second year running backs who have a ton of upside in terms of their age, how they look in their rookie season. Breakouts in your rookie season are always a good thing to see for correlation for NFL future success. Since I can't really trade, I've just explained the the thinking to you, but I'm going to end up going ahead here. And Dalvin Cook and Joe Mixon are both threatening holdouts. Dalvin Cook does have the injury history. I think Dalvin Cook thinks he's worth a lot more than Joe Mixon thinks he's worth individually. Uh, The Bengals don't really usually pay players, so we'll see what ends up happening there. This might seem crazy to a lot of people. I want running backs early. I'm not even looking at quarterbacks if it's not super flex. I'm not even looking at tight ends in, in Dynasty this early. And I'm not looking at wide receivers, to be honest with you. You need to get running backs early in Dynasty, they're the most sacred possession. And and honestly, once your rookie drafts come around, they're the hardest things to actually get because they usually go really early. So looking at Dalvin Cook, looking at Mixon and Kamara, I'm worried about Kamara's long-term upside, the next contract that he's actually going to see. Uh, Cook, the concerns there compared to Mixon are one, Mixon is not going to ask for as much money as Cook is. Two, Mixon has not been anywhere near as hurt. And then when you factor in age, I just like Mixon a little bit more. So it might seem crazy because I think it is somewhat of a reach at five. Uh, so I'm going to take Mixon here at five. Again, the situation is that it's a, a spot where I would have traded back if I could. All right, so I'm on the clock now again at the 2.8. And you can see some of the other players that went Adams, Kamara, Cook. So some of the top running backs, then a string of wide receivers go. Juju goes in the first round at 1.12. I think that that's a little bit early, but I also think that that makes sense. That's something you will never see in a redraft format if you used to redraft. But in Dynasty, it makes sense. This is a guy who his first season in the league broke out with 1,400 yards as a rookie. Got hurt last year. His quarterback gets hurt. The offense falls apart. So yeah, this is a guy who long-term, he's so young. And he came into the league so young. He couldn't even, I think, drink by the time he was in the NFL. So this is a guy who normally wide receivers coming out of the draft are his age that he is right now. And he already had a 1,400-yard season in his career to bank on. So Juju makes a lot of sense in my opinion. You can see Miles Sanders goes at the 2-1. That's tough to see. All these running backs that just went, literally every single one of them I would have liked. Miles Sanders goes at the 2-1, then a couple wide receivers go in a row. DJ Moore, an elite talent when it comes to dynasty formats based on his breakout last year and his age. But then these next three running backs that go off the board, Jonathan Taylor, Josh Jacobs, and Nick Chubb, this is the reason that I would like to trade back. I could have Joe Mixon and whoever else is left on the clock right now at running back, or I can trade back and snag a Miles Sanders, a Taylor, a Jacobs, and a Chubb, two of those guys. That's a way better start in my opinion, because I don't think that Joe Mixon is that much different from Josh Jacobs in dynasty. If anything, Josh Jacobs is probably a better asset to have. It's just 
harder to take a risk on him in the first round, right? At the fifth overall pick when you can't really trade much. So I'm going to look what's left at the running back position right now because I still want to be loading up on running backs. Guys like Derrick Henry is not that appealing in dynasty formats. They're not even giving the guy a big contract. That's a concern. He's not built to last long in the NFL, in my opinion. Aaron Jones, no, he's done after this year and who knows where he is next. That's a risk in the second round. DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, a little bit too early for those guys. So I think I'm going to go ahead and take Clyde Edwards Hilaire here. I'll look at what's available at wide receiver. AJ Brown, Odell, Kenny Galladay. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to end up taking Clyde Edwards Hilaire here. So this is the start that I'm talking about. I get Joe Mixon and Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Sure, like that doesn't seem awful when you're thinking about it in redraft formats, but the difference I could have had was Jonathan Taylor and Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders and Josh Jacobs, Nick Chubb and Jonathan Taylor. I love that way more in a dynasty perspective in terms of my team over the next seven to eight years than Joe Mixon and Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Like Clyde Edwards Hilaire might be the redraft pick over just Jonathan Taylor because he doesn't have competition, maybe, or even if he does, the way he fits into the Chiefs offense, it means he'll be on the field a lot. But when we're talking next year, when we're talking two to three years from now, I'm fully confident that Jonathan Taylor is going to be ranked well above Clyde Edwards Hilaire in all formats. So a big piece of dynasty that I should also talk about is just trading back. You should be trying to trade back and early on trying to be trading back because those second round picks, if you get a couple of them, they are way more valuable than ever having a first round pick. Like, yes, if you're going to be taking McCaffrey or Barkley, sure, you can end up taking them there at those picks. But if you're like the 1.3 to 1.4, honestly, I would trade out of the Michael Thomas pick at 1.3 or whoever's going to be taken there, especially if you're in a super flex where people are going to probably take Saquon, Mahomes, Lamar, and Christian McCaffrey with the first four picks. Just trade back like two or three spots. You could probably end up landing Zeke or Mixon uh, or Dalvin Cook and then you're also accumulating picks later on. So I start with Mixon and I start with Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Let's see what happens at my third pick. So I'm at my third pick and I end up just getting sniped right here by Kenny Galladay going off the board. And I, I like Kenny Galladay a lot in all formats. Some other guys went off the board. Derek Henry went a pick after me at running back. Austin Eckler went in the 3-2. In my opinion, that's a terrible dynasty pick. I like Austin Eckler this year. I think maybe he has a little bit of a short-term upside, but I don't think that if you're playing three or four years from now, there's way better options to be getting. But again, you're also waiting in just the win-now mode, but you have to always balance win-now versus win in the future. The first tight end in George Kittle goes ahead of Kelsey, which is interesting. And the first quarterback in Patrick Mahomes goes. So honestly, I have two running backs. I'm, go- I'm fine to go wide receiver or running back here. And honestly, I'm looking for running back. I'm still prioritizing running back. I'm trying to get three running backs in a row, or at least three running backs with my first four picks. Obviously, my fourth pick overall will be a worse running back choice more than likely. So let's see what's still on the board at the running back position. And I'm not looking to try and get running backs that are Derrick Henry, that are guys like, uh, I don't know, Todd Gurley. I'm not looking to do that because what are you getting? You're getting this year and then maybe another decent year out of them with not a lot of upside after that. I'm looking for guys who have a ton of upside. So here in the third round of a 12-team draft, I'm not totally opposed to just drafting a guy like J.K. Dobbins. So J.K. Dobbins for me is a player who probably ranks in somewhere around like the top 30 players overall in Dynasty. I'm sitting here right now on the clock, uh, right around the 28th, 29th pick. So it's probably a little bit of a reach. But by the time my next pick comes around, which is like 45, J.K. Dobbins won't be there. So J.K. Dobbins is still on the board. I value J.K. Dobbins above DeAndre Swift because Mark Ingram is going to be done after this year. He has an opt out. He's over 30 years old. And then you have Gus Edwards with two years left. But Dobbins likely is going to be taking over in that backfield with Lamar Jackson, the number one rushing offense last year that made Mark Ingram a top 10 running back on less than 50% of the snaps over a thousand yards. So I'm in a position where I'm kind of leaning to take a guy in JK Dobbins and then I can get my wide receivers. I can double tap receiver. I can get a receiver and a quarterback. So just to give you an idea of still what's on the board right now, if you look at some of the stuff, Julio Jones is still on the board. Sal, how are you not taking Julio Jones in the third round? If you're not familiar with dynasty, Julio Jones is going to get you maybe just this year left. 
Wide receivers fall off a cliff after their 31st year in the league. And every single one of them does. Whoever it is, you can go back and look at all the greats, Calvin, Andre Johnson, all these guys. So if you're taking Julio Jones right now early, you're basically saying, I want to win this year. And then maybe next year I get a little bit of a Julio Jones, but the cliff is coming for a guy in Julio. So I'm not touching that at all. Now, some other guys who are really making me decide on this pick, because maybe I get DeAndre Swift, or maybe I get JK Dobbins with my next pick is Allen Robinson still on the clock. I think he's a fantastic option to build a cornerstone around uh, overall. Odell went off the board, Kenny Galladay. If Galladay was still here, if he didn't just get sniped before me, I definitely would have went Galladay there. So there's other guys on the board that do stand out. If I'm trying to win now, guys like Julio stand out a little bit. You could always go Kelsey or Lamar here. I think I'm going to end up going and pulling the trigger on three running backs in a row in this specific draft. And I'm going to go ahead and get J.K. Dobbins over DeAndre Swift over Aaron Jones for probably the best available running backs right now. I take J.K. Dobbins there. I like that. I'm starting with Mixon, Clyde, and J.K. Dobbins. This year specifically, Mixon and Clyde, yeah, I'm definitely, I have the opportunity to win now. J.K. Dobbins is a pick that maybe he's like Miles Sanders the last half of the year, last six games, he starts to go off. So I'm in a position to still win now, but also J.K. Dobbins, if we're talking next year, uh, there's a position where J.K. Dobbins is ranked as a top 20 running back next year, top 10 running back potentially if he flashes out like Miles Sanders did last year as he's going to be in the best possible situation in Baltimore come 2021. Let's see now where we go with the rest of this draft at the fourth pick. Let's see what happens uh, once we get there. I'm going to be looking at wide receiver more than likely. So this seems to be a pretty sharp draft because not a lot of tight ends and quarterbacks are going. The two tight ends that you know, Kittle and Kelsey, they're off the board. The two quarterbacks that you know usually go off the board, Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson goes to the 312. So now I'm sitting here and a ton of wide receivers just went. I didn't want Julio, he went. I did want Allen Robinson, so he's gone. I really was interested in Calvin Ridley and DK Metcalf. They're both off the board. CD Lamb goes in the fourth. I think that might be a round too early, but obviously maybe the number one dynasty wide receiver, probably the number one dynasty wide receiver. I can't complain too much with that. So let's see what's still left on the board at wide receiver. I did take a brief look at quarterbacks, but it's still too early for me. And it's only a one quarterback league. If this was super flex, yeah, the fourth round, if you didn't take one on the first three, is where you should start considering it. Definitely by the fifth round, you should probably try and snag one of them, even if it's a, especially if it's a deeper league, like 14 or 16 teams, then you want to start taking them earlier. So let's look what's on the board right now at wide receiver. I believe that Cortland Sutton already went off the board. Yes, he did. We're going down a little bit more. So we're pretty far down these rankings right now. Keenan Allen's still on the board, which might not get more than like two years out of him. Terry McLaurin's on the board. And I think this is going to be the pick. Terry McLaurin stands out to me as a guy who coming into this year is in an absolute breakout mode. I like Terry McLaurin. We already saw him break out a little bit last year in the worst possible situation, the possibly worst offense shuffling around quarterbacks, Dwayne Haskins being brutal until the last maybe two weeks of the season where he looked actually serviceable. But Terry McLaurin the whole time was balling out against top cornerbacks in the entire league. He looked like a bully out there. So I'm going to take Terry McLaurin. And I like this because once again, I'm in a win now mode, but also definitely my future looks really bright. Having Terry McLaurin as your wide receiver one for this year, that doesn't sound fantastic, but we still have a whole draft to go. But come next year, a guy who entering into his third year after breaking out as a rookie, same exact thing can be said for uh, potentially Joe Mixon as he's going to be coming into a veteran year this year. I think this combination of younger talent really goes well. Like, yes, I want to win now, but if you tell me, okay, Sal, you're going to finish, maybe you make the playoffs, you don't really win this year, and then you get a couple of draft picks next year in your rookie draft, but next year you're going to be set up as probably the best team in your league for three or four years. Yeah, I'll take that all day. I'll, I'll service the or, or forego the first year of winning a championship for being a major or the favorite in the league for the next three or four years. So we go Terry McLaurin with the fourth pick. The fifth pick, I'm probably still looking to go at wide receiver. So let's see if I can end up lag, landing and snagging a good one once the clock comes back to me at my fifth overall pick. The fifth pick goes, and some guys that I was talking about go right after me, and Keenan Allen and Jerry Judy, some of the other guys that were on my board. Tyler Boyd goes, somebody I was looking at, as well as Debo Samuel. So the more that I look at the board right now, the more that I'm starting to just like the way that I'm starting out. So I would like to go with a wide receiver here. We can take a look at quarterback. Kyler's still there. Dak's still there. I just don't want any of these guys. Um, I think Kyler is an interesting case, and so is Dak for the fifth round pick. But I think in the seventh or eighth round is where I'll continue to start looking at quarterbacks. I think late round quarterbacks are fine. 
fine. There's a ton of really young guys. Believe it or not, Sam Darnold is a year younger than Joe Burrow. Believe it or not, you can get Joe Burrow later in drafts. Uh, I found that out. I posted it on Twitter the other day. Sam Darnold is one year younger than Joe Burrow, and he's been in the league for a few years now. So that's a fantastic dynasty option. He's 23 years old. If your dynasty league actually makes it to lasting 10 to 12 years, you'll always have Sam Darnold barring some sort of catastrophic injury or him just falling off the face of the earth. So I'm looking at the board right now, and I think Jarvis Landry's the pick. He's not the sexy upside pick like McLaurin, J.K. Dobbins, and Clyde Edwards Flair were for my last three picks, but he's a veteran, but he's not old. People might think Jarvis Landry, oh, he's 30, 32 years old. No. First of all, he's not a big body receiver like Julio that they usually die out at 32 years old. Jarvis Landry is a slot receiver where he can start playing in this league and keep playing at a high level until like 33, 34 years old. And he's only 27 years old right now. So you're telling me that if I draft Jarvis Landry right now as my wide receiver two, or really just whatever it's going to amount out to, but my wide receiver two in this draft, that he's 27 years old. I still get like three to four more years of prime Jarvis Landry. And then whatever he can do after that, and I'm getting him in the fifth round, he's going next to guys like all the rookies, right? Justin Jefferson, Jalen Rieger, Tyler Lockett. But I think I like Jarvis Landry a little bit more. So other guys that are up here, at least that are worth mentioning are guys like Devontae Parker. I like Devontae Parker just as much maybe as Jarvis Landry, but I think we have a longer sample and a longer track record in multiple different spots with so many different quarterbacks of Jarvis Landry doing well. We got the Devontae Parker breakout last year, and maybe that's something to come, but it's not as much comfortability when I'm trying to make this pick for the long term, not just this year. Jarvis Landry in the fifth round to me at 27 years old for three to four more years of peak Jarvis Landry, which sets up to be a nice offense this year, at least, and for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I'll go ahead. I'll take that in the fifth round. So the first five rounds of this, I don't know if I'll go through and do like the full 14 round draft on here, the mock of it, but I'll try and get like the, maybe the first 10 rounds, but I'll go Joe Mixon, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, J.K. Dobbins, Terry McLaurin, and Jarvis Landry. I now have cornerstone pieces at running back for the foreseeable future. I don't feel like any of my picks are disguised that I'm renting for one to two to three years. I think every single guy that I've drafted is going to give me anywhere from four years of peak performance when it comes to Jarvis Landry and maybe Joe Mixon all the way up to like seven and eight years, depending on the lifespans of McLaurin, J.K. Dobbins, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. McLaurin being a younger wide receiver, honestly, has a lifespan of like another 10 years in this league if he can continue to produce and and be the guy that he was last year and take strides off of that. Let's see where the board goes approaching my sixth pick at the 6.8. Man, oh man, I was looking at the board and so many names I wanted came off. So we get a run at quarterback, Kyler, Deshaun, and Dak. They go. That's fine. Now that those guys are gone, I'm just going to wait on quarterback a little bit. Again, I like guys like Darnold. I like guys like Burrow. I can get them and then I can get another veteran like a Brady or a Breeze for the next one to two years, but still have that rookie who maybe by that time a year or two from now can be my consistent starter and I could replace them. A run on tight end starts to go here with George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, Evan Ingram. Mark Andrews goes. He was a guy that would have, if he would have fell to the sixth round, I probably would have ended up taking Mark Andrews there. Uh, but other guys that I was looking at here as I moved the board up, Michael Gallup went a pick before me. I liked him. Devontae Parker, we just talked about as well as Justin Jefferson. David Montgomery fell this far. So I think that was interesting. I'm looking at the board right now. I'm trying to see what's left at running back because I do like a wide receiver. Running back, you have guys like Kareem Hunt, who I think is interesting. Carson and Bell, they're more so like maybe two-year rentals. Uh, not really much there. Darius guys does stand out, but wide receiver, Christian Kirk still here. Hollywood Brown is still here. These are guys that are just screaming out me to draft one of them. So let's look and see which one for me, at least personally, makes the best decision here. I think that Hollywood Brown is probably the pick. I have Hollywood Brown kind of statted out and as a guy in Dynasty to be like a top 70 pick overall. We're currently at pick like 68 right now. So I think it's right around that time to start to take a guy like that. The more that I look at some of these other players, David Montgomery going two picks before me, that was huge because he really fell down the board. I didn't need a running back, so I passed on him a couple times, but he fell down the board in a major way. Looking at some more guys, tight ends, I don't really want much there. I think you can take Le'Veon Bell. It's going to be between Le'Veon Bell, Christian Kirk for me, and Hollywood Brown. I think I like Kirk a little bit more than Hollywood Brown. Brown has that upside, right? Finally going to be healthy for the second year, but he's in an offense that for right now is not that exciting, whereas Christian Kirk's is very exciting. And also at running back, I feel a little bit set, so I don't have to go with the one-year rentals and Le'Veon Bell. The reason that I might take Bell or that you would consider it here is J.K. Dobbins, you're not really relying on for much of the season. So if you're in a position where you're saying, I want to win now, like McLaurin, Jarvis 
Jarvis Landry, Mixon, and Clyde, they give me an opportunity to win now. Dobbins at the third round pick more so gives me an opportunity to win next year in the years to come. Maybe this year if he can get hot down the stretch. But Le'Veon Bell, if I drafted him here, that would be that piece that you need to win now a little bit more. It's all about balancing it. So Christian Kirk, Le'Veon Bell. I actually think the more that I think about it, Le'Veon Bell might be the pick here. You get maybe two or three years out of Le'Veon Bell as a starter. And Christian Kirk, Marquise Brown, Will Fuller, those are all guys that I like, but maybe I can get one of them at the next pick. I already have two stable receivers. If you get running back here, you really kind of just load up. I think Le'Veon Bell has fallen too much. I think he's a guy who should be taken as around a top 60 pick, and he's fallen to 68th overall. Another guy who is on the board here at running back is James Conner. I think similar things can be said about him. So yeah, I think it's about preference. Like these three running backs, Carson, Conner, and Bell, compared to the three wide receivers that are still left in Kirk, uh, Brown, and Will Fuller even, those guys are all very close for me. Uh, Will Fuller may be a little bit further down. So it's really about preference. We have three running backs. We need another wide receiver or two. I'm going to end up going right now with well, running backs matter way more. I'll end up going with Le'Veon Bell here in the sixth round. Again, not as sexy as a pick for long term, but for the next two years, I think it fills a void where we got J.K. Dobbins here for the future. Uh, we'll see what happens to the next pick. Now that I have four running backs, two receivers, I want to take one or two receivers with my next two picks and then get that quarterback as long as a major run doesn't happen. Get that cornerstone tight end potentially uh, with my eighth or ninth pick. So let's see what happens before we get back to our seventh pick, the 7.5. I'll be looking for a wide receiver. I figured it would happen, but it's absolutely brutal. Carson and Connor go. So I'm sure that Le'Veon Bell wouldn't have been there at the next pick, but then right in a row, Will Fuller, Christian Kirk, and Marquise Brown taking three out of four picks all right before me. So that hurts a little bit because now we're looking at receiver. And although I liked, uh, like I like guys still left on the board, I really, really enjoyed uh, Christian Kirk. I really, really enjoyed Henry Ruggs and those types of players. So maybe now that I look back at it, if we can redo this, Le'Veon Bell, they're already having three running backs loading up on a Christian Kirk or a Hollywood Brown there with the sixth pick, probably the right decision, but that's why we mock. That's why we continue to learn because now my wide receivers are going to start to look really thin. Guys like Nikhil Harry, guys like, uh, T.Y. Hilton, Denzel Mims. These are my best available guys. I think there's some upside in some later round picks, but the more that I look about it right now, the more that I'm not really loving everything else that's left on the board. And I'm also in a position to potentially even take a tight end here and just go and get one of these higher upside, younger tight ends before they go off the board. So I need a receiver, which is the scary thing. Might get a receiver here, might wait, because I like some of the later round receivers now than this kind of gap period. I don't want a quarterback yet. So I might end up going and getting one of these tight ends. Darren Waller, Hunter Henry, those guys are there. We can wait an extra round and just get mini Gronk and TJ Hawkins or Noah Font. I think I might do that. So let's end up going with wide receiver. Man, oh man. Yeah, it really does stink that you end up not getting to a guy like Christian Kirk there. So I'm going to get Nikhil Harry here as my third wide receiver, former first round pick coming into his second year. I think there's a lot of upside for a guy who produced in a major way at college and just dealt with injuries all of last year, dealt with an offense that was ever changing with suspensions and players leaving, uh, Josh Gordon and Antonio Brown, and just a ton of things, right? So we take Nikhil Harry there. I do think we're very thin on this team at wide receiver right now. So that's something later on we're going to have to continue, continue to load up on uh, missing out on Christian Kirk over Nikhil Harry and Hollywood Brown over Nikhil Harry. Yeah, as of right now, it doesn't look great. But if Nikhil Harry comes out this year and the Patriots are half decent and he puts up an 1100 yard season, nobody's going to bat an eye at that. So I think it's still a fine pick in the seventh round. Let's see where I get in the eighth round. All right. So I'm looking at the board and the guy that I was really hoping to get, Michael Pittman Jr. just goes off the board to the Colts. So now now with the uh, wide receivers, we're really starting to struggle here, but we have three wide receivers, four running backs and tight ends started to go in a major way. Hunter Henry, Darren Waller, and Noah Font. And I think I already know my pick before even looking at it. I'm looking at the board at other spots. Deontay Johnson is still on the clock. He's somebody who really does stand out getting a lot of hype in all 
formats, but I'm looking at the clock right now and TJ Hawkinson is still in the clock. You need a tight end. Of course you need to roster a tight end. After TJ Hawkinson, Mike Gusecki's still there. Uh, John U. Smith is some later round guys, even Chris Herndon. But TJ Hawkinson is a guy who after this year, after two years from now, he could be the best tight end in the league or up there with the Kittles and the Kelseys. So it's a decision on having a premier tight end on your team for even after this year, potentially, or like a Deontay Johnson ensuring up my wide receivers. I think I'm going to end up going Hawkinson here because if he goes off the clock, and I'm sure he's going to go off the clock after this round by my next pick, then I'm starting to have to stick with guys like John U. Smith, Irv Smith, guys that I think are talented, but nowhere near the upside as a TJ Hawkinson. So I go TJ Hawkinson here, here with my eighth pick. I secure my tight end, and now it's all aboard the wide receiver train. Quarterbacks, there's still a lot left. All right, so you can see a couple of other tight ends went. Hooper and Dallas Goddard tells me that likely TJ Hawkinson would have went before those guys. Now more quarterbacks go in Joe Burrow and Baker Mayfield. I need to start looking at quarterback because it is starting to thin out at this point, but Aaron Rodgers still probably has three or four years of peak Aaron Rodgers in him. Uh, Sam Donald's on the clock. So I think by my 10th my tenth pick, I'm going to go back-to-back quarterbacks with uh, my 10th and 11th pick. But right now we got a little bit lucky because Deontay Johnson is still on the clock here. So is Nicole Hardman. So two guys that I'm very, very high on. I do like both of these guys. I like Hardman maybe even a little bit more. Let's see where my rankings are. So I have Deontay Johnson like three or four spots ahead of right now, Nicole Hardman. But you can see there's a lot of talented wide receivers on the clock that this is the rounds where I start to like to load up on them. That's why I feel a little bit okay taking Le'Veon Bell in the six because Nicole Hardman, Deontay Johnson, Preston Williams, Curtis Samuel, Sterling Shepard. There's still a lot of talent down here with a lot of upside. So Deontay Johnson versus McCole Hardman. We know that Travis Kelsey, we know that Tyree Killer are going to be in Kansas City for a while. We know that Juju is going to be in Pittsburgh for a while, but really nothing else after that. So Deontay Johnson is where I'm going to go with my fourth wide receiver in the ninth round of a dynasty draft. I like that a lot. The strategy now for me is to go and get at least one quarterback in the 10th round and potentially, depending on what's on the clock, just double tap the quarterback position in rounds 10 through 11. We'll be done with it and we'll get to finish out the final two rounds, 12, 13, 14. So I guess the final three rounds with wide receivers. Maybe we get a fifth running back in there, but I feel pretty good so far about this spot. Alrighty, so we're back on the clock now at the 10 8. A lot of guys that I was just hyping up McCole Harmon, uh, Brandon Ayuk, another rookie, LaVisca Chanel, another rookie, Preston Williams, Curtis Samuel. Those guys are gone. Some quarterbacks, Tua goes off the board. Pretty nice, sharp pick there at the 9 8. That was that guy's first quarterback, which is kind of interesting. Matt Ryan goes off the board, the stable of consistency. So I'm going to get a quarterback here and probably go back to back. Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford, Daniel Jones. Look at all the quarterbacks, right? There's so many good quarterbacks on the board. So even in Dynasty, you don't have to worry about going early. These five quarterbacks are still left, and I would be fine with starting any of them as my QB1. Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford, Daniel Jones, uh, Jared Goff, and Sam Darnold. I think all those guys are great options. And now I just get to pick out of five really good options. So let's see which one we want to take. So the way that I look at it is to take one of these veterans between Aaron Rodgers and Matthew Stafford. And honestly, I think I'm going to take Matthew Stafford here. He's four years younger than Aaron Rodgers. They both had similar injury history. Yeah, the back of Matthew Stafford is a little bit scarier than a shoulder and a clavicle with Aaron Rodgers and maybe concussions. But Aaron Rodgers is now, at least for the next one to two years, seeming to be in more of a run first offense for the final two to five years of his career. So that's not great. Two of the final five years of his career, maybe. But Matthew Stafford, he could play in this league for another eight years. That's upside. Daniel Jones, Jared Goff, those are one of the guys that I'm going to hope to double tap on the next time around. So let's take Matthew Stafford here in the 10th round, just to look at the board at running backs. Ronald Jones, Matt Breed, I think those are interesting guys. Look at the board at wide receiver. Anthony Miller's still there. Anthony Miller, if he falls to the 11th round, we might have to hold the brakes on double tapping wide or a quarterback and take another wide receiver there. So right now, let's take Matt Stafford, though, at the 10th pick. Let's see what's on the board once we get back around to my 11th pick. All right, so we're in the 11th round right now. And look, guys went off the board. Daniel Jones, 
Jones, Aaron Rodgers, other guys I was looking at. The quarterbacks that I like are Jared Goff, Sam Darnold, even Jimmy Garoppolo, Justin Herbert for long-term upside is on the clock uh, or is on the board still. But the guy who stayed on the board, and I still need wide receiver help with just having four guys, Anthony Miller is still on the board. Marvin Jones is still on the board. Now, Marvin Jones is older. Anthony Miller is only coming into his third year in the league. This is an easy choice for me here for Anthony Miller. So I'm going to go ahead. It's an easy decision at my 11th pick to take Anthony Miller. I need wide receiver help. I got a lot of upside wide receivers now. Nikhil Harry, Deontay Johnson, Anthony Miller, uh, Terry McLaurin, Jarvis Landry is that nice stable wide receiver piece of our offense. I'm feeling good about this team. My 12th pick will likely be a quarterback unless another guy just falls off a cliff and falls down to me. So I'm on the board in the 12th round. Donald and Goff, the two guys that I really did want, they're both off the board now. So it might be a position where I like Drew Locke. I like Jimmy G, but I think one of them might fall back around to me. If not, I can just get a veteran quarterback like a Drew Brees, like a Tom Brady to just hold me for one or two years because Matt Stafford is going to hold me for the next six to eight years is what the hopes are there. So I want to take a peek at what's left at running back. We need to get one of these running backs at some point. Anthony McFarlane is still on the clock right now. I do think that that's interesting. Anthony McFarlane for me, even in dynasty is still like a top 50 running back. Might be a little bit too early to be going Anthony McFarlane in my opinion, Um, but let's see what else is left at wide receiver. So everything that seems to be left right now for me, at least is just a little bit too much like KJ Hamler, Alan Lazar, James Washington, Sammy Watkins. These are all guys that I feel like I can get one or two rounds later, probably not two rounds later, but at least one round later. The guy, if anything, that stands out the most would be Sammy Watkins. But even then I feel like I'm stretching at the running back spot. It's the same exact thing. All of these guys almost feel like I'm stretching a little bit. So maybe I take another veteran running back here and just uh, kind of roll with that. Like a guy like James White at this point, he's a guy that stands out that's still on the clock that yes, you're obviously not getting a lot of flashy upside. Antonio Gibson is another rookie that stands out here. Um, Overall, not really much that's going to be a major impact. These are all guys that I would feel confident getting on my next pick. So maybe we just go with a quarterback here because all these guys, none of them are really, uh, they're not doing it for me, but in another round or two, I can get the same exact guy. So right now for quarterbacks between Kirk Cousins, Drew Locke, Ryan Tannehill and Jimmy Garoppolo, even Justin Herbert, but that's a guy that you can get later on. This is just a 12 team league, only one quarterback. So you don't really need to push the needle here. Again, even with quarterback, like I would be fine taking Drew Brees or Tom Brady as my backup for the next two to three years in dynasty and just picking up on waivers because there'll probably still be a decent amount left. So I don't really need too much. None of these quarterbacks scream out, oh, that guy has a ton of upside in my opinion. So we're at a spot here with our final three picks that at least right now we're kind of in that in-between round. So James White would be, okay, he's safe for this year specifically, but I feel like we have enough safe pieces, especially with Le'Veon Bell there. Maybe just shoot for more upside at this point in the draft. We have five wide receivers now. We have one tight end. The tight end spot, not much left. John Smith, Ian Thomas can get another guy later on. Uh, even Chris Herndon might still be left in the clock here. Jay Sternberger. So the way that I'm going to go about this is trying to shoot for upside at the running back position. And it'll be between Anthony McFarlane and Antonio Gibson. Gibson might've been the best running back in this draft, depending on if we just saw more touches out of him. There's a lot of uncertainty there. Anthony McFarlane lands in a pretty nice spot, depending on the James Conner situation. Uh, Gibson's in a crowded backfield though with AP right now, Darius Scott. If Darius guy stays healthy, he's likely going to be in Washington for a little bit longer. So the upside pick here for me is going to be, I'm going to go ahead and take Antonio Gibson in this 12th round. And then we'll see about quarterback in the 13th round. So some quarterbacks fly off the board a little bit with Drew Locke and Kirk Cousins makes my decisions kind of easy. Like Anthony McFarlane's still there and I like him. So maybe get another rookie running back, double tap them. And then in the final round, just take my, my final quarterback. Cause like right now taking Jimmy Garoppolo in dynasty compared to Drew Brees or Tom Brady or whatever my backup quarterback would be. It's not that much different. Like, yes, you're going to get a lot more years out of Jimmy G, but it's not that much different in terms of, okay, if this dynasty league lacks, lasts the next eight years, yeah, Jimmy G, I would have, I wouldn't have to worry about getting a quarterback, but do I feel that confident in Jimmy G's talents that I would still want to have him at that point compared to just renting Tom Brady for two years or whoever else like is on the waivers at that point. So I think it's a decent spot to just continue to load up. And with that being said, I might just go ahead here and load up yet again. Hayden Hurst is still on the clock. 
we're in the 13th round of a dynasty draft and Hayden Hurst is still on the clock. That's interesting to me. Um, that's another tight end, but running back Anthony McFarlane is still here. Load up on talented young running backs. I'm going to take Anthony McFarlane, double tap the rookie running backs in Antonio Gibson and McFarlane in the 12th and 13th round. And then we'll get to our final pick in the 14th round. So a bunch of quarterbacks go off the board. Jimmy G, Justin Herbert, Tannehill, and Drew Brees. Hayden Hurst finally goes off the board. Ian Thomas, some other tight ends go off the board as well. Uh, Chase Edmonds is a nice 14th round pick. Look, if this was a real dynasty draft and not a mock, it would be a 20 to 22 roster spot draft in my opinion. You should always be pushing for more roster spots because I'm only going to have one of a backup tight end and backup running back. And I want to be able to have a little bit more because right now I'll only leave this draft with either one of a backup tight end and backup quarterback, but in a 20 round draft or a 20 roster spot, 22, whatever it is, you're going to have two or three of those positions. So just keeping that in mind for the purposes of this video, it's not going to have everything. So let's look at quarterback at a backup quarterback here. Gardner Minshew, Tom Brady, Teddy Bridgewater, Jameis, all these names are on here. Honestly, Gardner Minshew might be the, the call here. He might not be the starter after this year, which is a concern, but Tom Brady only has maybe two years left in the league. Teddy Bridgewater just signed a pretty decent deal. They all look okay to me, right? So I'll go ahead. I'll get Teddy Bridgewater. If I need to, I can pick somebody else up. So that closes out this draft. Let's go ahead and kind of look at what I did here. We started off with Joe Mixon, Clyde, and J.K. Dobbins. Triple tapping running back is something I really enjoyed doing. And then we get two upside receivers. Terry McLaurin, a lot more upside than Landry, but Landry's only 27 years old. And he's a model of consistency at this point. And he could probably play at a high level for the next five to six years. So I do like that a lot. I think we have stable pieces there with Joe Mixon, stable pieces with Jarvis Landry, upside that's already been shown with Terry McLaurin and then those rookie running backs possess a ton of upside. We get a stability piece in Le'Veon Bell, which I don't really feel that great about Le'Veon Bell, right? I mean, you're looking at a guy who is approaching some older years, but I think this is a spot where, okay, he's my sixth round pick at the end of the sixth round. He's just 28. He just turned 28 years old. You figure he has this season and probably next season and maybe year 30, like we just saw to Mark Ingram. So two to three more years out of Le'Veon Bell for a late sixth round pick. I think that's okay. And then I scrambled a little bit because I needed wide receivers, but I think we really closed the door on wide receivers by getting up upside Nikhil Harry, upside Deontay Johnson, and then upside Anthony Miller with three out of my next five picks. We get a tight end in the eighth round that I think has the upside in two to three years from now to be rivaling George Kittle, to be rivaling or passing Travis Kelsey as the best tight end in the league in TJ Hawkinson. He fell, I think, around too late, had to snag him at that point. Get Matt Stafford in the 10th at just 32 years of age. We know what he can do. We know what type of a gunslinger mentality he has. And then two out of my last three picks are rookie running backs. We close the door with four total rookie running backs. I think that's fine. Teddy Bridgewater is just sort of a quarterback to close the door on. So if this was another five or six rounds, I would take two to three more wide receivers. I would probably take one to two more tight ends, another quarterback, right? So that's the kind of the mindset there. But this is a dynasty draft, mock draft right now on this channel, 2020 fantasy football. Hope you all enjoyed it. My name is Sal Vetri. The draft guide is now out. Linked down below. Check out the draft guide. It's going to be $10 if you're eligible through Monkey Knife Fight sponsoring it. The top 25 running back rankings are also down below. Be sure to hit that like button, smash the subscribe button before you go. Thank you so much for tuning into this draft. Let me know your feedback in the comment section. Follow me on Twitter with any questions in the comments or Twitter at Sal DFS. My name is Sal. Thank you so much for tuning in, gang, and I'll see you in the next one.